Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Second to None podcast. I am Blaine Gilmer here with my host, co-host, Tavares King and Tavares Man. It is right at the end. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of this SEC schedule, and we had a packed week in week 11, and we're here to give our reaction to everything that went down, including Georgia coming uh, out on top at Rocky Top and uh, doing so in convincing fashion. Uh, we'll talk about Old Miss and the lane train rolling, as you predicted it would over there. We split on that one, and a, a lot of interesting matchups and games that occurred there in week 11 TK but I thought overall it was a solid week of football to watch super solid week of football man um learned a lot about some teams again man I I, I really like Sam Pittman uh in that Arkansas squad they play with a lot of grit Ole Miss in the lane train like I said choo-choo was gonna roll and of course my dogs eight and zero in conference play, something that hadn't been done before in school history. That's I think so. So I think that's pretty amazing. Um, just yeah, just a great week, man. Great week of SEC football, man. Ready to chop it up, talk about uh, a little bit more. I know something that some people ain't happy about, and that's that dang on Florida squad. I don't that's know what they got going on over there, but boy, you that Florida defense. Your guy Christian uh, Robinson didn't pick a good week to. <laughs> the defensive coordinator for the first week but uh but we'll have to I don't think that you can uh, put that on him too much but uh one thing I think you can bet on right now is that when Florida takes the field you don't know what you're going to get and uh speaking of betting guys we always have to thank our sponsor of the show and that is bet online guys because uh, bet online is back and better than ever with a new web interface uh, to the start of basketball season here of course the conclusion of football season nhl's going all of those good things so bet online it remains the number one spot for your basketball and football action this season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code believe 50. That's B L E A V five zero to receive your bonus. Like I said, all kinds of sports going on out there, including even boxing, UFC. There's a fight coming up between uh, uh, Darren Williams, the former NBA player, and Frank Gore. All kinds of stuff that you can uh, bet on. So head on over to Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. But TK, we are going to pick up right where you 
where it had just left off with that Florida defense. I, I almost had to do a double take at my phone. I was in Knoxville there to, to take pictures at the Georgia-Florida game, and I, I looked down at my phone, and it's seven minutes to go in the second quarter, and Florida had already given up 35 points to Samford. Um, and yeah, I think it was like 42, 42 points they gave up at, at halftime. Half yeah, 42 so. points at halftime. I know they fired Todd, uh, <sighs> Todd Grantham you know, the week before. Uh, their defensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. How much do you think it was just maybe getting used to a new, you know, play caller and Christian Robinson calling the calling the defensive plays? And how much do you think it was just this team has quit on Dan Mullen? Man, a lot of it. A lot of it did look like a lot of a lot of quit. Um, but you know, it, it is an adjustment. It is tough to to be thrown into the fire of calling plays. I will say that. Um, that's tough, but but C Rob, C Rob, they got they got it done at the end of the day. Um, they did get it done, though they did get get points scored on them, but they got it done, man. So so hopefully they they can get those things corrected uh, next week. But man, you got to think, like you said, it, it, it's coming. Dan Mullen, um, his days seem to be numbered, man. You they, they face a Mizzou team next week who just beat South Carolina, who stumped a mud hole in them. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's stomping uh, a mud hole in him and yeah, walking. So, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, their work's cut out for him uh, right now. But you got to, again, you got to thank Dan Mullins. Man, I don't know. His days are, are slim. I don't know how Florida uh, can justify keeping him around if the effort for two straight seasons has waned once Florida has not had an opportunity to play for their goals, right? Uh, last year after the SEC championship game, they obviously just didn't show up against an Oklahoma team and got killed. And mm-hmm. now after the SEC East was out of their grasp this year, they just, I mean, they just flat have not come out and played with the energy that you would expect out of a Florida program. Right. And two from a, like a, even, I mean, you, you, you work on this all, all day, every day recruiting from a recruiting standpoint. I think we just stole two, two guys from them within the past week. So, I mean, yeah, they something, something's got to give over there. Well, way. and you know, to be fair to Dan Mullen, it's not recruiting season right now. You know what he said? He, <laughs> he, it's not recruiting season. He said he'll talk about recruiting after after the season's over. With. No, but I mean I, that was taken out of context by Mullen a little bit, but not a good look when you're struggling the way they are. But yes, uh, Shamar James and Julian Humphrey both decommitted from Florida. They were their top two commits in the class of 2022. Shamar James, a linebacker from Mobile, Alabama. Julian Humphrey, a corner that runs a 4-3-4-40 out of uh, Houston, Texas. He flips to Georgia uh, this past week. Shamar James is trying to decide between Georgia and Alabama. And then also a class of 2023 wide receiver, Raymond Cottrell, he flipped without even doing a decommit. He just did it all in one swoop uh, there to Georgia. Nobody even knew it except UGA Sports knew it over there. So if you want to get all the scoop on recruiting, you can follow UGASports.com where I'm a contributor at. But, guys, make sure uh, you're you're following some of the tea leaves here because with the recruiting going south, with guys probably going to be entering the portal before too long, Florida players going on social media and, you know, not exactly uh, following um, the company line, so to speak, uh, on their posts and things. It's uh, it's interesting times for the Florida Gators, so we will see. But I thought that was worth touching on 70 to 52. Now, hey, you got to give it to them. They racked up 70 points in a game, but it's against Samford, an FCS team 
and they had to. Yeah, they had to. They had to score yeah. seventy points. That's that is uh that is the what they minor. what what they did. So yeah, they did. And Emory Jones breaks Tim Tebow's record for most uh, y- yardage in a game. So uh, you know some some positives to take out of it for him. But man, when you give up fifty points, uh, fifty two points to a Sanford team, you have to really look yourself in the mirror if you're Florida. So TK uh, wanted to touch on that first, but now let's get to the real football that kind of matters a little bit right here. Uh, Georgia defeated Tennessee 41-17. I've yeah. been saying for, for weeks, uh, Tavares, that Tennessee was going to be the biggest test for Georgia in terms of to that defense. And a lot of people – had poised the you know posed the question well what's this Georgia defense going to do when they face an offense that you know has a has a pulse that is able to actually move the ball up and down the field I think they answered that quite quite clearly TK yeah they definitely did uh, playing against a team that plays up tempo plays as fast as uh, you know Josh Heifel in that offense does um, it's challenging you know we were on the field. Defense for 88 snaps, I think, and that's a lot of snaps, my dude. I think the prior no, it week, is. I think the prior week, uh, Kentucky was on the field with those guys for 98 snaps. So, so they're playing a lot of plays on offense. So, um, with that with that being said, you have you're gonna have to do things and rotate and adjust. And um, you know, for a second there, it looked like Tennessee had some momentum and they had some things going for them. But it takes a second to adjust to that. To, to no doubt. you know, what I'm saying to 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 get that that pace and that tempo down and it took us about a quarter to settle in but once we did we did we were eating eating hinder hinder hooker up um six sacks we, on the day yeah just as we has uh as, as we have other folks yeah and i will say uh when i was on the it's one thing to see it on television right and you see it and things like that but they're live seeing how fast those the Tennessee offense gets lined up and snaps the ball and how decisive they are. It, you it's don't like have a full appreciation. Yeah. You don't have it's a crazy. full appreciation for it until you're on the field, seeing it right there. And and I thought Georgia made good adjustments, especially when Kirby smart said, okay, uh, you know, Latavius Brini is not getting it done right here. We're going to move Chris Smith down to star, bring in Dan Jackson, put him at safety. So small adjustments like that. And also Kirby smart saying, okay, Warren Erickson. I don't know if Warren was one of those that had the, was part of the flu uh, that Georgia had about eight guys with the flu. I don't know if he just wasn't feeling good or whatever, but he wasn't getting it done at right guard. They bring in Xavier Trust. Uh, put him in, and they, they that, that's a big man, Xavier Trust, and he starts moving people around right there. So uh, the Georgia coaches have made adjustments, and that's something that, that I think everybody's wanted to see just as much as anything else because Tavares, when Georgia has faced Alabama, right, in the in the uh, national championship and SEC championship in, the, uh, in 2017 and in 2018, it was the adjustments by Nick Saban in the second half that ended up, defeating georgia right they were able to adjust better than uh better than georgia was i think kirby smart and and his staff showed ability to make some subtle adjustments and uh you know kind of come out on top in a game that they they obviously needed to do now they've basically virtually secured themselves a playoff spot yeah definitely have and you talk about adjustments and you can only make adjustments when you have bodies to do so and we've got so many bodies that that we can put in positions to make plays and and uh 
be interchangeable. So that's awesome. And one thing that I would do want to talk, two things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the three tight end set that, that Coach Munkin had us in several times. Dude, when you've got Fitz, uh, Brock Bowers, and Big O out there blocking, and as well as those guys can run routes, it's, it's special. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we do out of that. And then the second thing is this. I was super excited to see James Cook emerge, bro. I was super excited to see him make plays, make explosive plays, and do it continuously over and over again. So that was good to see. Hopefully he gets rolling down the stretch here. No doubt. And uh, before we move on from this game, I do want to say Tennessee has pros on that offense, man. When you talk about Cedric, when you talk about Cedric uh, Tillman and Bayless Jones Jr., those guys are going to be pro wide receivers. I mean, you've played NFL – wide receiver those guys have nfl bodies nfl skill sets they, they make plays hinted hooker is going to get a chance to play in the league uh with his athletic ability so yeah. i thought that was i thought that was interesting uh to see you know georgia handle a team that has some weapons like that yeah yeah and let's let's be clear i i've said it previously on, on the show tennessee needs to be happy with where 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 they are what they're doing right now the offense looks great. They have a quarterback that that I love. I think that the coaches love, the teammates love them, um, and that's what you want. You want a guy that that you can go to battle with week in and week out, as well as Coach Heupel, bro. You gotta love him, dude. Dude's got the, the whole fan base, got the whole place rocking. So I, I I like what they got going on, and they should too. Yeah, that was the other thing. Uh, Neyland Stadium early on, it was rocking, man. I mean, and and I was in there. The energy was great. It was a great atmosphere. So I think Tennessee fans should be very happy, like you said, where they are. Josh Heupel's got the program going in the right direction. He's going to be able to recruit well because Mm -hmm. guys are going to want to play his style of football. It's an exciting style of football. Um, But Yeah, the myths that Georgia did bunk, though, was – can they play the same offense against or play same defense against a high powered offense? That that answer is yes. They were able to to stifle a high powered offense. Can uh, Stetson Bennett throw the ball more than twenty one times and complete more than fourteen? Well, he was set. He was seventeen of twenty nine for two hundred and thirteen yards and a touchdown. Several third down completions when he needed. He replaced the blitz. He made plays with his feet. I think you can b- pretty much put it to bed that Stetson Bennett's going to be the guy rolling forward for Georgia. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think he played. He probably played his most complete game uh, this season, just putting it all together. Um, you know, re-IDing mics and things like that in the run game, and as well as doing what I think he does best: um, escaping the pocket and making plays down downfield, um, extending plays. He, and he did that several times on Saturday, and I think, like you said, he's the guy, bro. There's no doubt about it. And 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 also uh, quick notes, and we're done with this game. A dominant Blaylock, he didn't play in the game, but he warmed up in full dress. He was in yeah, fully dressed out before the game. That's an encouraging sign for him. George Pickens working with the scout team, uh, maybe a couple weeks away if if George comes Jorge back. That, Pickens. That could be a that could be a big thing for Georgia going down. So Georgia wins forty one to seventeen. TK now moving on to a game that absolutely boggled my mind. I saw Auburn up 28 to three, and I was like, man, you know, I, I just started thinking ahead to the Iron Bowl. I was like, man, the, the Auburn and Auburn and Alabama is going to be just an absolute crazy game. And it 
just turned out to just flip on its head because Will Rogers and that Mississippi State offense started clicking all of a sudden. And Mike Leach, uh, they're slinging that thing. They ran off 40 straight points, TK. Come yep. back from a 25-point deficit and beat Auburn on the road, 43-34. Uh, thoughts on this game? Yeah, man, it was crazy. Auburn had it going early on. Bo Nix had it going early on. Uh, Coach Bobo was dialing it up, had guys running over the middle of the field, hitting them wide open. Tang Jarquez was obviously doing their thing. And then, obviously, uh, special teams comes into play. You get a punt block, momentum, boom. That's what happens. They score before the half, and that's all they needed. You said it. They rattled off 40, 40 points just like that, bro, and, it, and it's crazy. And that's what you can do in a Mike Leach air raid offense, and we talked about that before and how special that is. But, dude, I I, I personally think that that Auburn um, still can still can do some damage in that Iron Bowl uh, coming up. Yeah, and now the, the only deal with – the one reason I was so confident that I thought Auburn would be able to hang with Alabama was Bo Nix, right? Well, now it appears that Bo Nix at the end of that game has broken his ankle and well, is going to be, is going to be out. So now it's TJ Finley's uh, time to shine there. He transferred from LSU there for a reason. Obviously, he saved Auburn earlier in the year against Georgia mm-hmm. State on a fourth down crazy play, but uh, you know, and he'll get he'll get a, a week here before. Um, you know, he has to face uh, Alabama at the end of the year in the Iron Bowl, but we will uh, we'll see TK uh, now. Now that that Iron Bowl looks a little bit different with Bo Nix out there, but also Owen Papo was out for the game defensively. And I think what happened, TK, was you know, Auburn was playing well, and then all of a sudden the defense gets worn down. Um, and Will Rogers in that air raid style, once they get you running side to side and you're huffing and puffing and then they're able to to complete some plays and they got some short fields to do it with, man, TK, that that's uh that's some tough stuff right there. You got you gotta wonder if Auburn was making too many explosive plays, if they should have slowed that thing down a little bit. Uh my man Kobe Hudson was out there snagging on them. Uh, making plays, he might, he just might get that up top for chalk award this week. No doubt, no doubt. But I mean, you look at this game. Auburn was fifty percent on third down. They they were fifty percent on fourth down. That's pretty good numbers. Uh, you know, in fact, they held Mississippi State to three of ten on third down. But Mississippi State converted both fourth down attempts. They did two of two. Uh, and you know, it, it's just interesting to see. Uh, now Auburn did have nine penalties for 86 yards, TK. So that uh, that hurts you a little bit being penalized. They also lost the turnover battle and they lost the time of possession. So you can see if you look in here where Mississippi State made this game turn. And uh, I think Will Rogers in the second half was 24 or 25 uh, with five touchdown passes in the second half alone. So TK, you know, Will Rogers continues the ball for Mississippi State, and the defense uh, stepped up when they needed to in the second half. I think it actually TK. I think it was like first quarter. Yeah. Well, no, no. After the at, in the second second half, they gave up six points. They gave up a touch, uh, a couple of field goals. I think at the end. So you know, when it when it comes down to that, Mississippi State. Uh, really, an, a remarkable performance, and I think they're the only one TK in the in, in the entirety of college football that has like four four or five wins over ranked teams in the college football rankings, and uh, they're not even ranked themselves anymore. Yeah, that's wild. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's an impressive stat right there. And you know, we've been talking about that Zach Arnett defense, and uh, again, they, they looks a little bumpy early, but but bro, um, 
I think that 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 him and that defense are special, and and they're a big reason to why they they've rattled off those wins. No doubt, no doubt. Next game, uh, we'll stay with uh, you know talking about the state of Mississippi and just go uh, from Mississippi State being on a road game over to a home game at Oxford. And TK, you predicted it. I I thought that Texas A&M would stay hot, and uh, Zach Zach Calzada and that team would be able to. Uh, I thought the defense would wrangle Ole Miss a little bit more than they did, but uh, Jerion Ely and Matt Corral had it rolling there in Oxford, and Ole Miss beats Texas A&M twenty nine to nineteen. Uh, thoughts on this one, TK? Yeah, it was a it was a really impressive game by Matt Corral, minus the two the two fumbles. Um, that he did have. But other than that, dude, it was a really impressive game by him. Um, I thought another thing that was eye-opening for me was that that Ole Miss was able to run the ball. Um, 257 <laughs> yards. A, a, extremely, extremely well. And then another eye-opening thing was it's kind of like the defense is flip-flopped. Uh, Texas A&M's defense was kind of just uh, lost at times. And, uh, you know, Ole Miss's defense was giving them all they wanted. You know, a lot of times in Zach Calzada's face, forcing them to throw some picks, um, breaking on some routes, jumping some routes. I think there was a pick six in the game as well. So just just a, a overall great effort by the Ole Miss defense. And I think that uh, that was probably my most impressive feat by them. Yeah, well, when you talk about it, you know, Texas A&M and Ole Miss both were able to move the football pretty well at times, but both yeah. would get into the red zone and stall out, right? I mean, that was some of the issues there there late. And then, uh, you know, it's 15 nothing, and here comes Texas A&M out of the half, TK, on that first drive down. They get a targeting call that advances it even forward. Right then is where they had the chance to capture momentum to score a touchdown there, they get held to a field goal. They did score on the next possession, but if they'd scored on that first drive to make it seven, and then you get that next touchdown, then it starts to uh, the cheese gets a little more binding, if you will, for uh, for <laughs> Ole Miss over there. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see um, if Texas A and M can can rebound from this. I thought that they were starting to make a lot of strides there. It's a confusing team, right? Uh, they you are. Know. You know, the, the only thing that was killing. Uh, Ole Miss was A-Chain. A-Chain was out there eating. He was balling. Um, they probably should have handed it to him a little more, man. Yeah, Devon A-Chain, 12 carries, 110 yards, 9.2 yards an attempt with two touchdowns. Um, also, Anaya Smith and Jalen Watermeyer had some good nights. I thought that they could have went to Jalen Watermeyer more. Uh, you know, it seems like he, he needs to get a few more targets. I mean, with a guy that big-bodied and the way that, that Ole Miss plays – um, you know, they, they've got that 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 three, two, six, and sometimes with run action and things like that, especially if they used Anaya Smith or used A chain, maybe going across, it could have manipulated those linebackers and opened up the middle of the field a little bit. But uh, you know, Zach Calzada, I mean, he plays with toughness. You can still tell he's he's hurt that left uh, left knee, but uh overall just not good enough execution. And I thought they made a good point on the broadcast when I was re-watching this game that this was only Texas A&M's second true road game, right? They'd been, like, on the road to Missouri, but the game against Alabama was at home. They played Arkansas on a neutral field. So I think you have to give a lot of credit to the Oxford uh, atmosphere there. Vault-Hemingway Stadium was rocking the lane train, all those emotions, things like that. And Lane's just – he's just going to keep going for it on fourth down until he gets it. You know what I'm saying? He ain't scared. 
One he bit. is not. He is not at all. I mean, what other coach in America would volunteer to be the guest picker when game day is at their at their stadium? I mean, no, nobody does that. I mean, Lane Kiffin is. A, he's he's a different different bird now, and he and and it's working out for him. And mathematically, TK, Ole Miss is still alive in the SEC West. They would need Alabama to lose to Arkansas and to Auburn. But if that were to happen, and Ole Miss were to uh you know win out then they would be in the SEC championship game. So, you know, at least uh, like on Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance, you know. Uh, <laughs> there, I mean, there is a slim a slim one, but 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 a, but a chance. Yeah, slim slim chance. Now, if that chance is going to stay alive for Ole Miss, they need the next game we're going to talk about, Arkansas. They need the Arkansas Razorbacks to take care of business next week against Alabama. They did take care of business against the LSU team and – Quite frankly, TK, the margin uh, that they won uh, against uh, against LSU was only three points less than that of what Alabama did at home, and Arkansas does it on the road. So, uh, like like we've said before, that's this is the seventh win for Sam Pittman in year two on a total rebuild job. Nobody believed in him when they hired him, and he not only has won seven games, he's beaten the old Southwest Conference right there with Texas. Texas A&M and LSU all in the same year, TK. I mean, that is a huge accomplishment for the Razorbacks. Yeah, uh, extremely impressive what Coach Pittman um, is doing in Arkansas, bro. He's got he's got the the fan base going. He's got the team going. His kids believe in him, and and I think I've mentioned it before. The, this team is a team that's kind of taking on the the character of their coach, bro. They did it in this game. They turned this game into just a knockout, drag out fight. And, this was um, an ugly game. Ugly. Yeah, game. it was. It was. It was. It was ugly. But but we said it before. Sam Pittman is okay with with being in some ugly games. Um, and 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 you know they they did come out on top. But I think they came out on top because they played uh really good defense, bumper pool, uh as well as what's my man's name? Twenty seven. He's called uh, Jalen Catalan. Yeah, Catalan, my man. Like him a lot. He, and they, I mean, they had three turnovers. They forced three turnovers in that game. Of course, TK, this was Garrett Nussmeyer's first performance at quarterback for LSU. They started off with Max Johnson, then they pulled him and went with Garrett Nussmeyer. And they, I thought they were going to kind of do the deal that they traded him in and out, but uh, Nussmeyer goes the rest of the way, and he made some plays that were – spectacular plays like the third and 20 on the last drive before the the or the third and 20 um for the uh before the interception there you know he threads the needle puts it in there but then an ill-advised throw on the interception that's where you see you know a guy who's really talented but also really young all at the same time yeah i mean it was a tough decision there um pulling max i mean I, I i i was watching the game again uh today and just watching him early on you know just sit in the pocket i think we talked about it i was like dude he's gotta he's gotta move out of there and that hurt him that hurt them early on in that game so maybe that hurt him against alabama the week before yeah so so maybe that kind of played into what was going on but uh yeah man just does my play played all right i think i think he's he's got he's young and he's got some ability but but yeah that youngness showed for sure 
Yeah, he finished the game 18-31, and 179, a touchdown and two picks. He definitely got to value the ball a little bit more than that. But, you know, Trey Palmer for LSU, man, the, my buddy returning punts back there, he was exciting. I mean, he almost he almost uh, took a couple to the house back there, it seemed like. So, so uh, Trey Palmer, an exciting player there in the future for, uh, you know, LSU. But you got to give it to Arkansas being able to manufacture enough plays when they needed to. Uh, TK and I, I think KJ Jefferson is tough as nails and um, you know big with fellow. yeah I mean he's big and when you got uh, KJ Jefferson uh, Dom, Dominic Johnson Traylon Smith and then of course uh, out wide you've got you got Traylon Burks out there they're going to give I think one thing you can definitely expect is even though they're going to Tuscaloosa next week and we're going to, that's going to be our main game. We preview this upcoming week. I think, you know, exactly what you're going to get out of this Sam Pittman team. And they're going to, they're going to give it, give it their all against a Alabama secondary who now all of a sudden has some, some injuries in it. There's been confusion all year back in the secondary. So I think it'll be a uh, interesting matchup coming up uh, with the Razorbacks going to Tuscaloosa. No, it'll de- it'll definitely be a good one. Um, I think I think this game will be a no- another knockout drag out. We'll see who who can run the ball. Uh, Alabama obviously struggled to run the ball as of late, so we'll uh, we'll see we'll see, man. It'll be a fun one. It'll definitely be a fun game to watch. And I'm glad it's the game of the week. No doubt, no doubt. So those were those were the main wait, game. Wait, we ain't gonna talk about the uh, Cam Little hitting the gritty. Yeah, man, the kicker, the kicker goes out there and hits the gritty after it, man. I mean, when uh, you know, for for some of the some of the people out there not watching uh, or or that don't that don't know, he's a little dance out there that the kicker hits. And man, when you talk about some kickers with some confidence, uh, obviously you got Arkansas's kicker Little there hitting the hitting the game winner and, and hitting the gritty. But how about how about Buddy? I know this is an SEC show, but Texas oh. Tech. Hits a 62 yarder to beat Iowa State, and that man just straight lost his mind. He's just running around. I would too. I mean, yeah, and it, was, it was good from 68. I mean, he nailed that thing. He, he, yeah, it was sick. He went berserk, went running down their sideline. He was he was having the time of his life. Yeah, he he probably would have uh, definitely t- got a hefty fine in the NFL. And this comes the same week, I think, that you had. Uh, in the Mac game, I think on Tuesday, it was like Northern Illinois or something like that. Dude kicks a – he hits a kick and he runs into the other team's bench and he starts talking to the crowd inside their bench. I mean, some of these kickers have no self-awareness, TK. They don't. They have no idea what's going zero, on. Zero, man. They just locked in. They just doing their thing, bro. Doing their thing, man. You know the the sphincter factor as a kicker when you're about to kick one of those things, probably like this. So they once they once they uh once they nail it, they're they're deciding okay, and now it's time to let loose and have a little fun. I, you know this this comes also a week after Mike Leach. You know when they missed so many field goals against Arkansas the week before, Mike Leach in his post game press conference says we're taking open tryouts uh, on the on our campus. If you're NCAA eligible, you can come by the facility and try out the kick this week. I mean, how do you, how do you think that makes the kicker on the team feel? He, hey, what's crazy? He probably won't even play. No, he he wasn't playing. If he he would have let somebody come up and kick, I mean, uh, there there was all kinds of good stuff going on. But a and a impressive slate of games in the SEC. You're always going to get good competition. And uh, like I said, this upcoming, make sure you subscribe here on the 365 Sports uh, okay. YouTube channel. 
Uh, we're on the Believe Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search Second to None. Um, we want to thank. We are presented by Bet Online, as we said earlier in the show. And uh, just looking ahead, real quick, TK. Like I said, tw- number twenty-five. They'll go up. Arkansas will probably be in the closer to twenty-ish, I guess, in the rankings. Facing number two, Alabama, next week in Tuscaloosa, a big one in terms of that continued SEC West race. Uh, and, uh, you know, Alabama can clinch the West next week with a win there, so that's big for the Crimson Tide. And then you have Dan Mullen traveling to Missouri, both teams five and five at this point. I don't think anybody would have expected that. And TK, quite honestly, uh, that could be if, – if they go to Columbia, Missouri, and they lay an egg, um, that could that might be – might be the last one, bro. That could be it for Dan Mullen right there. So – and then another interesting matchup that we'll preview as well is Auburn now going on the road to Columbia, South Carolina to face Shane Beamer's squad with TJ Finley as their quarterback as Bo Nix has broken his ankle and is out for the remainder of the regular season at least. So, uh, so I, and I would imagine bowl game probably as well. He's his time at, at Auburn's probably, probably done. So, uh, based on reports we're hearing. And then it's a bunch of cupcakes for everybody else. Georgia's got uh, Charleston Southern. Kentucky gets New Mexico State. Mississippi State gets Tennessee State. Um, Texas A&M Prairie View. So there's a lot of cupcake acts. And Ole Miss gets Vanderbilt. There's a cupcake right there, you know, because Vanderbilt's not even part of the SEC. You know, we've already kicked them out early at the beginning of the year. And then Tennessee faces South Alabama, LSU, UL, Monroe. So a uh, a lot of uh, kind of let-up games for a lot of teams, but the three that we will be previewing later this week, Arkansas at Alabama, Florida at Missouri, and Auburn at South Carolina, will get you all of the spreads. We'll give you our picks against the spread, our picks to win the games. Uh, we'll go through our players of the week and everything from this past week and also preview some of the guys that we think are going to have big games this upcoming week. But uh, TK, before we sign off here, just kind of let everybody know what were your biggest takeaways from week 11 before we kind of close the chapter on it and move on to week 12. Man, uh, just an exciting week. Obviously, the dogs, dogs on top, dogs are rolling. Um, and then other than that, man, it's, 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 it's an exciting time to be a dog one. And that's all. <laughs> yeah, they say you're just excited about Georgia Georgia winning and, and taking care of business. Stetson Bennett, I think going wire to wire and playing probably his best game of the year when Georgia needed him to play the best game, I think that puts to bed the question of who Georgia's quarterback is going to be going forward, as it should, because Georgia does not have an offensive line that is going to hold up 100% on the pass, uh, pass pro. There's going to be leaks in it. They do a good job at times, but there's going to be leaks in it. And Stetson Bennett creates with his legs. He makes three or four plays every game with his legs that simply JT Daniels could not make. Is he going to miss a throw? Uh, like he did to Brock Bowers that was wide open down the sideline where he could have had a touchdown pass. Yeah, he, he he's probably going to miss one or two a game, but he's not throwing picks that are going to take back the other way and things like that. Kirby Smart, trust him much like he does Dan Jackson in the back end at safety. So I think that was a big takeaway from me. And then TK, the another big takeaway for me is that I, I just love the, the 
the heart and tenacity of that Arkansas team. Looking forward to, to previewing that matchup as they go to Tuscaloosa. So, as I said, this has been the second and none podcast for Tavares King. I am Blaine Gilmer. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Turn on notifications. We really, really appreciate it. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We are presented by Bet Online, and we will catch you for an episode that will drop uh, probably either on Wednesday or Thursday. So follow us on Twitter, sec 2 underscore none and we will catch you guys later in the week want to make mom's day get to your nordstrom rack now and score amazing deals for mother's day which is sunday may 12th find tons of gifts from only 30 dollars at nordstrom rack fragrance jewelry luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.